VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. compliment terry's shirt and his uh conquer back there uh, <laughs> i have and do you see the uh the great mighty poo over there i don't see i can't see him he's like oh i haven't i'm on the app so i don't have wedding widescreen you, you guys are wedged <laughs> oh that's killer oh that's awesome his corn teeth i love it oh he sings too wonderful <laughs> Mary Beth has abject, abject horror. Now she's scarred. What is her. that? It's, a, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. He's the great it mighty big poo. From yeah. Conquer's oh, Bad Fur Day. Oh, he's a giant poo. He's just yeah. a giant oh. poo with corn teeth. He's like oh, one of the ew, boss battles. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking foul. Welcome back. On that note, let's welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. I'm Mary Beth. Last episode. <laughs> and each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, we were so excited because our <laughs> guest is writer Adam Caesar. He's the author of many a book, including the Cloud on a Cornfield series. And the writer of the recent indie horror release, Last Night at Terrace Lanes, that in parentheses I also executive produced. Welcome to the show. Nice nepotism warning there, Mary. <laughs> I have to. How no, literally, you? I'm like, yeah. no, please. Here, ethically, I have to disclose that I am. Oh, okay. I am yeah. tied to this film. <laughs> You're ethically required to say that it is an incredible movie that's available right now on VOD. You can check it out. Um, hi, I'm Adam. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> So, uh, Hi, Adam. so you, you did lead with the last night at Terrace Lane. So, can you tell your listeners a little bit about about what the film? Oh, it's um, it is a uh, it is a bowling alley horror movie. It is it is uh, I wrote it, but it's based on a uh, story treatment by Jenna St. John. Um, so uh, it is it is the the log line is Doomsday Cultists um, figure out where they need to be um, to invoke a final ritual that will bring about. Um, kind of the end of the world. They're a little bit, you know, they're a little bit Heaven's Gate. They're a little bit, um, they're a little bit culty. They have a, a a mathematical bend to their to how they're figuring all this stuff out. Um, and they the place that is that they have to go in and kill everyone is uh, a bowling alley that is about to be knocked down for condos. So hence the last night of Terrace Lanes. It's yeah. kind of a um, I've se- I've seen like so many reviews uh, call it a slasher, and so many people call it a slasher. And my, I'm such a slasher purist that like, it, and they, they don't they, like. It's not even like they're doing any kind of insult. They're like, "Oh, great new slasher movie, written, you know, written by Adam, directed by Jamie Nash." And I'm like, "Oh, thanks for the like, plug." And I'm just like, "It's not a slasher though. That's that's a siege <laughs> movie. Like, it's a you know, there's the there's there's structure to a slasher, and this doesn't have that. Like, this isn't. I'll this show isn't you what a real the, slasher yeah. throws your book at them and says, "Look, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's like this one and this one, you know, and and yeah, and the in the cloud of the cornfield." books cheat the cheat the format a little bit um and that's kind of part and parcel with you know why i i like writing them um but they're they're definitely way more you know they're way more of a slasher than than last night of terrace lanes is um but it's a siege movie it's um it's die hard meets kingpin is is the i think it's jamie nash's uh, uh line for yeah. it um yeah yeah Oh, yeah. It's very fun. Very fun. Um, but mostly, I'm a but mostly I'm a novelist. It feels weird to be on a podcast being like, like talk up your new movie, and it's like, well, <laughs> not like, like even like even with like a, a, a few film credits, I'm like, I'm not like a movie guy. Like even though I guess I have I have written movies, but I just it's not how I think of myself when I think of myself. Even though I'm like surrounded by thousands of horror movies right now, as you talk to <laughs> right. me, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a movie guy in a in a in a fan sense and in like a. I study films since um, my the bulk of my work and the way that I view my body of work is as a as a novel guy novelist. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
I, I mean, I know we don't have a whole lot of time for the interview portion, but I do want to talk a little bit about Clown in a Cornfield because I have a I have a very funny story and I embarrassed my coworker because I said I was going to tell you the story. So oh, she's, oh, I'm ready for this. <laughs> she She's like getting into, into horror novels and stuff. And I had recommended Clown in a Cornfield. I was like, I think th- I've read the first two books. They're really, really good. And um, I think they're a good kind of gateway into that. And I was like, they're... I guess they're classified as young adult, although that kind of terminology is is kind of weird to me in, in some ways. But I was like, it, I, it's young adult, so I think I think you'll be fine with it. And she read, I, I think it was the second, it was either the first book, no, it was the first book. She finished the first book and she told me, she's like, Terry, that book terrified the shit out of me. And I was like, really? Because I thought it was intense, but it never like like terrified me. Like the last nice. half of that book, I was like... <laughs> page turner like this is this is so good but i don't get scared of books and so i was like really she's like yeah i had to she's she's living alone right now she's like i had to go out take my trash out and it was dark and i was afraid there was someone out there and so i didn't take my (laughs) trash out at night and i waited she's just living in filth because because of the cloud of the cornfield that's awesome what's her name Her name is Katie. Katie, thank you. I wanted to order a uh, one of your books. I know you'd get them signed through uh, that one the one um, bookstore. Yeah, I do. A, and I a local wanted to get like a, sells them. A, a personalized book for her because that's oh, just <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll write something about how Frendo traumatized her in there. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I I it's such a it's such an interesting thing them being young adult novels because you get so many. I get a lot of stories that like not like that's a that's a very unique story and I haven't heard that one before. But you get you, get, you hear you hear from like you hear from teachers and you hear from parents more than you hear from kids because I'm not like mm-hmm. mostly because it's like kids are not like reaching out and it's also like I'm not I'm not talking to kids. Um, <laughs> right. uh, like yeah, so it's like but I do hear from like a lot of teachers and and parents and um, and like different pe- like librarians. I hear like from a lot of people oh, that cool. it's like a very much like a a gateway into into reading and and specifically into horror reading which is is like such a big honor for me uh because like being on a, a show like this is like i'm sure you talk to people all the time that you know you get in young with the genre but it's just it's something that and i appreciate your hesitancy to be like oh why so it's so weird like i get a lot of i get a lot of well-meaning people telling me like oh it's not you know just like just like uh terrace lane's the slasher movie oh it's it's like these aren't ya horror books and i'm like Sir, madam, they, they they really are like they yeah. they really really are, and they were written they were written that way, and they're intended to be that way. And just it, it, YA is such an interesting genre and such a uh, a genre with such a spectrum of intensity and yes. such a spectrum of of like what is allowed. I think people hear YA and they if they're movie people, they think PG thirteen, and that's not yep. what these books are at all. These are exactly. hard R books, which is which is is great for me as a as a as a creative and as someone who in the beginning of my career first three quarters of my career were all my books were for adults or I had written them explicitly for adults. And then yeah. I sw- made this switch and it didn't it, it, creatively not a lot changed um, because I was still telling the kinds of horror stories I like to tell. Um, but when I hear stuff like that, where it was, you know, it was your friends trying to get into horror or first, like it, it's, it's just, it's a really, um, it's a really beautiful thing not to be too touchy feely about it, but it's really, um, no, it's really special but- to me to be get to be a like a a vanguard and 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 a, and to proselytize for uh, this genre is is really you know with the third book coming out which is called the Church of Frendo there is a there is a little bit of uh, almost a religious fervor to my love of this genre I was a teacher for a number of years I'm used to Ooh. working with young people and 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 I was an English teacher so I'm used to trying to get young people to read and to hear that I've gotten young people to read is like super super rad and it's not something that I it was explicitly like the goal of the books the goal of the right. books is to tell a good story in a, in a format that I enjoy in a genre that I enjoy but the bonus of that is is has been really incredible and then there's and then there's uh, like I'd say 80% of my readership, like 70% of my readership are just straight up adults that just, just like our books. And <laughs> which is, which is like, also, it's just this great, have your cake and eat it experience of yeah. like, um, you know, uh, of like these books are, I'm hearing from teachers that want like signed classroom copies and stuff like that, which is insane to me. And people who have, who, who don't have kids and have no interest in kids, uh, just enjoying the books as, you know, as they are is 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 super cool um and i'm very proud of a lot of my backlist and a lot of those books that were for adults but i don't 
I don't think that I'm prouder than anything than I am the, the clown books and um, influencer that just came out, which is another YA one. So is there anything that we can like tease out of you for the third book? Uh, it's it's so it's such a t- I, uh, this is a good dry run for this because I'm just like the third book is so is so weird and so weirdly structured and has such weird things in it that are not in the other two books. The other two books are pretty. First one is a is a pretty straightforward whodunit slasher that goes really big in Act Three. Like the things are really big. The, the, things are very big as far as like body count and things that happen, but it still hues pretty closely to that format of that kind of slasher. Two opens things up a little bit, and and the political elements of of the first one become a little more prominent, Loved. and because because of what Loved was going that. on in the country, like that's what that book is. And then three is. Is 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 like is a much of a turn as you can kind of get and still have some of the same characters and some of the same themes. It's it's like the, I've 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 already te- I can tell you kind of what I've teased already. I'm just trying to keep my story straight. Like I've I've teased like <laughs> stuff like The Wicker Man um, and okay. like Blood on Satan's Claw and like Folk Car. Um, oh, I've teased folk stuff car, like that. Right. And then I, and then I've also teased like stuff that would seemingly negate that, which is like 70s road revenge stories and stuff like. Um, Stuff like convoy, uh, stuff like uh, okay. stuff like uh, stuff stuff like uh, hell or high water. Like it has, there's a string of that in there too, which is just those are you know those aren't horror movies. Like those aren't horror um, stories. So it's it's all that, but it's still. I hope not to completely alienate people that like the first two books. And I think there's that. What I told my editors is like there's a precedent in slasher, you know, slasher franchises to like have the weird one. Like, and, and usually the weird one for the first 15 years or so, people <laughs> fucking hate it. Uh, and then they come around. Well, like the goal here is to get them to hate it just only for a couple minutes and then, <laughs> and then really <laughs> like it by the time the book's over. I was like, the goal here is to not wait like the 15 year period of being right. the, you know, you don't want to wait for the, you know, Halloween three season of the witch, like reappraisal to have to happen because no, no publisher wants to hear that. And then you're talking to like New York publishing and they're like sweating margins and they're telling you, you can't have an extra chapter because like paper costs too much. So like, <laughs> like I started with that pitch and then I was like, but they're going to love it right away. Don't worry. Um, that was how I, that was, that's, that's as much of uh, of a tease as, as I can give you. I'm like, I'm, I'm like already planning on like August going on podcasts and like not talking about the plot at all because I kind of don't want to um, because I want people to kind of go in fresh. Um, And it's it's books are weird because you you usually send out so many like review copies and stuff like that, and people Mm -hmm. are on Goodreads beforehand. I'm like, I'm just wondering how we're gonna thread that needle. I just really want to do almost like Hitchcock style, like you know, don't let someone spoil you know Clown of the Cornfield three for you because they wrote like they wrote. Uh, ad copy and I usually like edit the ad copy to like the nth degree but this ad copy just ended up being so kind of general for it and stuff like that and doesn't right. really tell you what the book's about that I was like I was like yeah if this one's fine no notes like just let it be the most like general doesn't really tell you um, thing so but I'm really really excited about it and each one I've liked more than the last one and this one's just like I, I'm really, really, really happy with it. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. I'm very excited to read it because like I, I was wondering Thank how you, you were reading. going to. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to top the first one because I really liked the first one. And I read the second one. I was like, this is so incisive about the culture that we live in right now that I, I fell in love with that one even more. So I'm like, I'm at a fever pitch for, for the, the third one, I have Thank to you. say. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the three is it's just like I just don't want to like I don't want to get your hopes too up because there's so many things about it that are different. Um, and there's so See, many characters that. that are like that are like minimal or like not returning that I, I know is going to be I know we'd be fielding uh, Instagram Ooh. questions about that. But it's like I, I, I can only tell you that I have a plan and that it's going to be it's everyone's going to get everyone's going to get what they <laughs> exactly like I'm not going to com- I'm not I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I know what I'm doing to a certain extent. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah is this gonna be the end or is there gonna be more uh it is i do not <laughs> intend it to be the end i i get okay. i'm already prematurely it's like it's it's so weird how you have to t- learn how to talk about your own books and like how to sell them and like yeah. also like you don't want to like you don't want to if people want it to be a trilogy or they want it to be like this grand ending you don't want to like disabuse them of that because you want to buy the book but also, like, so mm-hmm. many people are like have already started using like the trilogy word with it, and I'm like, not oh, a trilogy. Okay. Like, I keep got, I keep wanting to be like, yeah, that's like, that's such a. It sounds cool, guys, but that's not it. <laughs> it seems like such a, it's such a publishing thing too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. These are weird books because they weren't, um, 
a lot of a lot of time in publishing when 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 people sell books, they sell them in multi book deals or they sell them as series or they sell them as trilogies, just because that's the way publishing works and they know they can like budget out and for time wise. These books were not like that. The first okay. book, which I still kind of get knocked for the ending that there's like a there's there's a little tag at the end that like is like a the end question mark kind of tag, which is just what you do in slashers. People got so pissed in that, at that because they're because they're used to books being series and it was like no it wasn't written to be a, it wasn't written that ending wasn't written being like oh this is gonna be i'm gonna do this for the next 10 years it was written because that's kind of what you do in slashers yeah it just so happened that the book did well and it, it's slashers i want to do a sequel so like i was just you know the whole time i was telling my i was texting my editor and being like hey we got nominated for the Bram stoker award maybe a second one you know i kept like you know trying to put it in his in his head that like i would like to do more but th- this was not sold as a trilogy it was not sold in a multi-book deal it was just sold one after the other after the other and each okay. time each time basically like being like i get on shows like this and i'm like hey guys please if you want it if you want a fourth one please buy the third one because that we're like we're tom and jerry where he's laying the track down in front of the toy train before <laughs> you know like before he gets to it like yep. that's that's how th- that's how that's how this series is going um yeah, so I, I, each one I try to end with a little bit of certain amount of definitiveness, just in case they don't mm. buy another one. Uh, yeah. And I also want to tell a complete story because I'm not—they're not like serialized stories. They're—they're they're more like right. film sequels in that, you know, <laughs> until the MCU made everything, you know, <laughs> made everything TV again. Like, yeah. like the 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 idea is that like when you get a film sequel, you probably like want to tell my complete story here. Um, so that's that's how they're composed and written. Um, and because each one has its own flavor and its own themes and stuff like that, they're just, they're meant to be, they're, you know, one shot kind of things, even though you definitely have to read the first one, but to read the second <laughs> one. Um, yeah. I've, 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 I've screwed up this marketing thing so badly. <laughs> so you're saying they're standalone. No, not at all. You not at all. The other and yes, at the same time. <laughs> to your point, I would have been happy with the way the second book ended. I, it left me wanting yeah. more, but it would have, it would have given me a definitive, like it tied up everything that I needed to tie up in that book while, exactly. as you said, kind yeah. of leaving the door open. So I can get what you're saying there. And I am one, I, cause I was like, Oh gosh, is this it? Cause I, I'm was really invested in, in the story is like, is this going to be, it and then when i heard yeah. that there's gonna be a third one i was like okay good i'm, I'm here <laughs> i'm not even gonna say like four is my goal i'm just gonna say like they're gonna have to make me stop is, is gonna be my is my goal Hell fantastic yeah. Yeah. yeah all right so adam let's talk about the movie question mark you brought with you today uh what film are we talking about we're talking about the dentist directed by brian yuzna <laughs> So the dentist, um, in the dentist, an extremely successful dentist, surprise, goes off the deep end after he catches his wife cheating on him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's pretty much plot. the long and short. That's of it. that's it. That's it. I thought I thought that I thought that was going to be longer, but that's exactly nope. what it is. That's, that's literally it. Does what it says on the tin. Thanks, IMDb. Yeah. Very brief. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not that's concise. That is. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Uh, so let's let's take it back. Why is this your scarred for life pick? Uh, tell us, give us your horror story. So I have a slight confession to make. Okay. While we were emailing back and forth to um, to figure out what I was going to talk about, um, you sent a, a long uh, Google Docs file with a with a with like 160 <laughs> movies on it, and I had picked because oh, I had picked one. My first one was The Giver. Um, which is another Usna produced film uh, directed by Screaming Man George, and I was like, "This will be perfect." Oh, I've never gotten a chance to talk about. Oh yeah, Screaming yes. Man oh, George yeah. directed it. Oh yeah, it's got yeah. Incre- it's got an incredible kung fu pedigree. It's got an incredible uh, visual effects pedigree. I was like, "This will be the perfect movie to talk about during their uh, podcast." Because I've never it's such an influential movie on me, but I've never talked about it on a podcast before. But we ran into the issue of like the Blu-ray I have of it is like, is like region B locked. It's like a, it's like yeah. a, an arrow like import. I had to uh, import it. Um, and I have like the DVD too. And it's super old. I think it's like got disc rot and stuff. And the, um, and then y'all like, it's not streaming anywhere. There's no, there was no way it's nowhere uh, for you, for you two to see it. So we had to pivot and it was like, okay, choose another movie. And I had chosen Guyver so fast. I was like, Oh, this will be easy peasy. Let me just choose another one. And I kept coming up with ones. And they were not on your list, not on your list, not on your list, not on your list. And so I went downstairs to like my movies, my pile of movies I was, I'm intending to watch 
in the next you know few weeks or whatever. And I had the the Vestron double feature of the Dentist and the Dentist Two down there, and I was like, I wonder. And I checked your list, and uh, it wasn't on there. So I was like, perfect. Um, I've never seen the Dentist uh, until <laughs> yesterday. I've never ever seen the Dentist. Uh, but the reason I picked it, um, outside I... from the the Brian Usnick connection, so I could talk a little bit about the Giver, but was the was the fact that um, I, I I I I was terrified. Of the when I when you think of like scarred for life when you think of this kind of kinder trauma this kind of um, you know horror origin story you don't just think of the films that you saw you think about the films that you were too scared to see and I remember very very vividly at at both of the um, at both of the video stores that we went to when I was a kid because I, I guess the movie came out I was like nine or ten. Um, maybe the second one came out, it was nine or 10, but it was, the, they were both out. And I remember walking past them both in Blockbuster and at the, at the little supermarket end cap that we used to rent movies from too. And I just, the, the idea of teeth stuff and the idea of dental trauma and the covers of them were just so horrific to me that I was kind of like, as a kid, not knowing about like extreme horror and stuff like that, just seeing Freddie, seeing Jason, seeing Michael Myers, seeing these things that, at that point, like didn't even phase me. Like, like at that point, seeing their faces didn't phase me. But then seeing this like guy with a dentist drill going to town on someone, like that, that to me, I was like, that must be the scariest movie ever made. In my mind, I was like, that must be like, I didn't know guinea pig. I didn't. Know, I was like, that just must be <laughs> splatter and torture from beginning to end. It must be the most horrific thing. And, and so for for you know thirty five years, that was got it. Like for not thirty. We'll say so for twenty eight years. That's that was my impression of the dentist, um, and I was you know I it was like time to watch it for this for this podcast and see how that stacked <laughs> up with the things that traumatized me as a kid. And honestly, I think it would have traumatized me as a kid really really badly. <laughs> yes. So I do. Before we do talk about that, I do want to talk about about this idea of seeing. Uh, movie posters and being terrified of them because honestly this that was my life in like the late 80s early 90s where I would go to the store and I would just spend all my time looking at the horror movies and just coming up with ideas about what this movie is about and sometimes they terrified the shit out of me and there was one movie in particular um, that I am surprised hasn't come up on the podcast and I'm just waiting for it to come up is so I'm just going to share it now is Deep Star 6 a movie <laughs> with where the cover <laughs> Is oh, this that, ooh, like the the, yeah. the the diver suit that is like half gone? Like half and I'm, eaten. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I I remember as a kid going because I aquatic horror in me is like I love aquatic horror. Aquatic horror is like yeah. my sweet spot, and especially things under the water, like in labs under the water, that kind of stuff is like mm, perfect. And I see this as a kid, and I'm like, this movie has to be awesome. This movie has to be terrifying. What? tore this guy in half at the bottom of the ocean and like the the tagline was save your last breath to scream and i'm like what that's is perfect. this movie <laughs> and then i remember seeing it like years later and, and being like that's what this movie is but it's a little goofy yeah it is a little goofy but that build up and, and seeing those movie posters and then like realizing you know that is that is that movie that sort of scars you as a kid for life without even having seen it so i do i do love this that the dentist is like the thing that was like what the fuck is this this is going to be most it, horrifying yeah. thing ever it loomed heavy in my psyche um and i let so, and i ended up really liking it so i'm glad we were, were able to talk about it on, on the podcast well and it's funny because i had a similar experience with the dentist too specifically i haven't seen yes, it that, but the cover with like the, razor the razors blade teeth, that yes. one yes. haunted so there's a couple movies that like always haunted me at the video store and the, like their covers and then i would always like run past them like they were watching me and it was this one and carved the koji shiraishi movie where she it's about a slip mouth woman anyway Ooh. but like the dentist didn't like the dent. I don't remember the dentist cover, but the dentist too, because that fucking pale face is staring right at you with the open mouth of and razors. The white, and it's white, and it's so it just so it all stands scary. out. Yeah, yeah. It's like the evil version of like the Fright Night Two cover. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's a similar. It's almost like glamour photography where you're doing that fade into white thing, but it's like the most yeah. horrible image. Ooh. And it's and I, and I'm really talking about these two almost in the same breath because they were right next to each other. 
And it was yeah. like him, yeah. it, the you know, the cover of the other one's him coming in with the drill. And the cover of that one is that image. So it's like you add them together. It was like, to me, it was like, I was like, I can't believe they made two of them. Who's letting them get away with this? Like, as a kid. <laughs> well, and like, I'm assuming we all have a similar feeling. It's like, I was, I've always been scared of the dentist. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like the dentist. I, nothing about it is pleasant. And just the thought of a horror movie about a dentist when I was younger was like my worst nightmare. I was like, I don't. I'm already scared of yeah. them. I don't need to be even more scared. Um, and if I had seen this as a child, I would have never gone to the dentist. I can gar- I yeah. can almost yeah. guarantee yeah. you that I would have been like, absolutely not. I also would never have thought at a younger age about dentists um, assaulting women while they're under anesthesia. So like that, oh. I'm glad I didn't have that exposure as a child because that yeah. also yeah. would have ruined me from any medical, male medical professional for the rest yeah. of time. It's it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty horrific movie that walks a real weird tonal line because um, it's really bleak but it also has that it's I think it's 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 written by Dennis Paoli and Stuart Gordon and it what? feels like one of their things it feels almost like um because it's almost it's it's for people who haven't seen it it's hard to describe the tone of it because it really feels like in a way it feels like a dry run for um, Stuart Gordon's Edmund. Which I think at this point he had probably mm. like directed um, the Mamet stage version because um, I, I I know that he, him and he had worked on Mamet stuff before so it's like it has that real descent into madness almost like a, a like a realistic version of descent into madness. There was a third writer on it who who came in for a rewrite and I think he like kind of he might have used it up a little bit and I think the um, the the original script watching like special features and stuff like that was like the original script was like condensed time it was all supposed to take place in like basically from when he leaves in the morning seeing his wife cheat with the pool boy to like the very end like it was like it was meant to be just like almost like a rampage thing like where it, he, it he basically like goes that. into the office late yeah it's weird it's weird to put time jumps in it felt like i was like is this gonna be a one day thing yeah it's weird that like that it is over two days because it's like almost doesn't need yeah to be. I'm it, like it really is why did they change it but it, it i like the movie that it is um but like mary Beth is saying it's it's pretty bleak and it's it's pretty um and then like then there's this using it as like a, a kind of like uh, he's not like a, he's not the world's most technical director but he is a, a director of like style and like cool shots mm. he's yeah. an interesting he's, he's such an interesting um and i think such an incredibly underrated director because this is this is like this is this and and two are basically the only ones of his movies i haven't seen um i'm pretty sure there's probably maybe, there might be some straight to video stuff i haven't seen but like i've seen all his you know i've seen his silent night silent night daily night sequels I've seen society of course and but it's just there is a real continuity between his stuff of like otherworldliness and weirdness um that i think fits the script really well and i didn't what do you, didn't what do you know. all think <laughs> yeah. well i didn't know that this was directed by him until um until I started looking up information about this before I, I watched it. And I was like, wait, this is a Brian Usen movie? Did not know that. And it's it's really weird. I was, ta- I was talking with Mary Beth offline that this is like synchronicity. Because just last week, we were talking with Joe, Joe Lynch about Suitable Flesh. And that is also Paoli written by that, Dennis yeah. Paoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was originally intended to be a Stuart Gordon movie before yeah. he he passed away or in, in the 2000s. And so, it's so it, seeing that and then coming into this, like, wow, that is... It, what a weird, what a weird thing that was Staying not in planned. the Gordon verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it has such like, and thinking of suitable flesh, but also like Stuart Gordon, it has this like sleazy '90s erotic, gritty, gnarly thriller yeah. vibe to it. Like everything yeah. about it. Like I did not expect this to be as erotic and horny. Like negative. It's horny, but it's, it's horny in that way. There's like not at all arousing. You know. No, like, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just said horny negative in parentheses. Like horny, yeah, but yeah. like not arousing horny and like deeply uncomfortable. Cause it's like yeah. incredibly erotic, but like in the most uncomfortable way possible. And yeah. it's just like this like he's just a sleazy dude in every yeah. like imagine like like meaning of the word. And but my favorite is that everyone keeps saying, like, of course he did this. He's a dentist. And like they're playing it so serious. Like they're like yeah. noir detectives, like fi- like proving some crazy point, but he's just yeah, a fucking Ken dentist. Yeah. Yeah. But they play it like this, like they play it like a direct, like a sleazy direct TV 90, which is exactly what it is direct to direct TV TV, direct to video. But I love that. Like they lean into the sleaziness of it, which I was not expecting. Like 
way sleazier than I expected, way weirder than I expected, and way more disturbing than I expected it. I thought it was like, oh, like a weird dentist doing fucked up things. But I'm like, oh no, he's like really like gone crazy. Yeah. Like he's having yeah. an actual psychotic break and is hurting people it is with dental tools. It's fairly straight that like that, that, yeah. you know, it's not like, he's not like, he's not becoming Freddy Krueger. He's not like full of quips and stuff like that. It's like, no, this guy's losing his mind. In, like, he's a like, kind you got of, dirty teeth yeah, and I got to yeah. clean your fucking teeth. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It's yeah. fucking weird, but like, it's not, well, it's not like, I don't even know if it's that, like, I don't know. It's not that, it's not like he's, like you said, he's actually under some transformation. He's just like, he's having a psychotic break. Yeah. Not scary as shit. Yeah. His performance kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, where he starts Ooh. really unhinged and then just gets more unhinged yeah. because he like I, I love this opening where he's like beautiful wife, beautiful home, perfect life together. Yeah. And he starts talking about the stench of decay. And it's very bright. It's very soap opery. It feels very Lifetime yes. Channel-y the way it's shot. Yeah. And then immediately immediately he is yelling at his wife about how like yeah. you know my, yeah. my shirt my shirt has a stain on it i can't wear it now and i can't use my diamond cufflinks like rich problems yeah. right <laughs> and he's she like buys he's him. unhinged and he, yeah yeah he's unhinged before anything ever happens and he's such yeah. a dickhead before anything happens which i think is a great i think it's such a good way to play it because it really it's it, i feel like with a movie with this exact almost plot you could you'd you'd be a little worried you'd be a little bit like well is this like is this movie like whose side is this movie on is it like is this like there's you know like the like it's a it's a film with like so much misogyny in it that you start to like want you in any other in any other situation if you almost didn't have that little lead in you'd be like wait a second like is this supposed to be like oh his wife's sleeping around so he has like a you know and it's like no you you get immediately like like you get immediately like what that what that woman situation is and and why she would like not want to deal with this guy at all like 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 you get who he is like so quickly and it's like he's so and i like that he narrates i like that it's like his narration is juxtaposed with the reality of like of of his situation where it's like it's like this guy's like was sucks from the moment you meet him and is and is like sociopathic from the moment you meet him he's yeah. just not violent and i think there's right. like a you know the interesting like movie saying something interesting about well what would just be that one thing and i think it's almost like a very like 90s thing it's almost like a very 90s like the beginning of kind of true time true crime daytime television mm-hmm. there's a there's that there's that erotic mm-hmm. uh you know erotic basic cable like are we an oversex society? Is this like a red shoe diaries type like look to it and lead in, even though nothing is, even though nothing is, is like sexy or cool. Like it is, it is like this, just, it looks, the house looks nice, but everything else is gross. Like, and it, and it, you know, form and function with the, this idea of like this, this decay that is creeping in. Exactly. Um, I was like, Oh, yeah. that's, that's actually kind of smart. The idea. Cause like everything is so pristine and everything is like on the surface. Like he is a professional, like, you know, he, he's very well respected. He's a good dentist. It comes across. He's he, his dentistry has like themed rooms. Like it, it feels very like presenting just wonderful, lovely things. And yet, like yeah. he complains about there is rot just underneath and he is he is rotten to the core, even though he's presenting. And so like there are some interesting things that the movie is, is kind of sometimes clumsily, but like exploring through through that kind of metaphor, I would say. Um. Also, Mark Ruffalo is in this. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, he, he doesn't just have one line. He's like, he's like there. He has like that whole little scene. I like. Yeah. The, I I really like the Mark Ruffalo character because it shows you how how messed up this world is. Because he's like yep. grooming a child who's there to get her braces off, and but he's like ends up being somewhat weirdly like has to be like the indignantly just justified indignant like 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 two scenes like later the, he, and it's, and it's just hero. like and like a weird thing and like, you never I get thought... and he never gets in the dentist chair you never get to you never get to fuck no. up mark ruffalo like like this dude sucks and he's gonna keep on going like he kind of like avoids the dentist entirely um you know he sidesteps his his comeuppance which in any other in any other movie that of this era especially of like the you know the hbo tales from the crypt style era mm, of mm-hmm. everyone wanting to do that ec comics kind of morality tale like the fact that mark ruffalo just walks off like and is fine like is like 
kind of tells like, you that something's a little different in this movie, you know? Yeah, because everyone who gets hurt and killed doesn't deserve it, except for maybe the tax no, at all. guy. <laughs> and the tax guy gets it so bad, and then he's, like, alive for a long time. Oh, God, I know. It's like, the tax guy's bad. <laughs> the tax guy's and, almost the, the kind of victim you expect them to have. Like, he's yes. just exactly. He's such like the a, a evil cartoon. villain. He's yeah. like the cartoon yeah. evil villain. That's so funny. And I love it because he's like, I've seen your returns. And I'm like, this is <laughs> fucking hysterical. We're talking about taxes. Like, we all like are all very well versed in how diabolical the plan is that he's not going to file it to his boss. I'm like, this is incredible. 10 out of 10. I know that they're like, I know they're <laughs> playing this as straight as possible for the comedic value. And I love it so much. And he absolutely oh, yeah. destroys his fucking mouth. But it's like... His whole head. Most, he gets like a chin prosthetic. Yes. And like the, <laughs> the rest of the movie, this guy is just like murdering women and like the pool boy and then hurting children. And it's just like, it is yeah. weak. You know what I mean? Where he's just like yeah. hurting everyone who doesn't deserve it. And you're like... No. Jesus Christ. Ugh. It's, it's funny because I never wanted... Speaking of hurting children, I never really wanted to see this movie <laughs> growing up because... <laughs> Incredible transition. I've had since like I would say either high school or college, and it's gone away. But like one of one of the two recurring dreams I used to have was that my teeth would just start to crumble in my mouth, (sighs) and it was it was always like. (laughs) It was always felt so real to me that like I would wake up and I'd start crying. So, like I have no teeth. Like that was literally for the longest time. I honestly thought that my teeth were just not even just falling out. They were crumbling in my mouth. And oh. so seeing seeing that poster with this is like I can't I can't watch yeah, this. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I will say that the teeth scenes in this still get me. Like it. I this is my first time yeah. watching this movie as well. But I'll tell you those. Even though like it is definitely a giant mouth, and according to the trivia. They could only afford one mouth, so they kept like replacing the teeth in it to the like. The puppets are it. awesome, though. The puppets are they awesome. Are. They look so good. But yeah, it's it's horrifying, particularly the one where he's using the the like weird drill thing, and it like literally destroys the tooth. It just obliterates that tooth. Yeah. Oh god. It's what made me think about my dreams. I was like, that is what it felt like in my dream, just like the tooth crumbling in her mouth. It is like I I can't I I I that literally thing- gasped at some of these. The thing, even like if you're under the nitrous or if you got like Novocaine where you can smell what the dentist is doing, like and stuff like that, I can like, I feel like when you see that scene, I can smell like the burning yeah. tooth kind of smell of that. It's so bad. Like that's, that's why I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this movie. I just saw it yesterday, but I'm like, I wish I'd, I, I kind of wish I'd seen it as a kid, but I'm glad I didn't. But I'm kind of like, now I'm like, I'm team dentist. I'm team Corbin Burnson and the dentist. I, I, I really, I, I just wasn't, I kind of just wasn't expecting it. It was one of those things like, you know, yeah. like I said, in, it loomed large as a kid. And then I was like, oh, I never really hear about the dentist. So it must not be that any big shakes, you know, like it doesn't get talked about a whole lot. So we kind of just, I don't, I don't, I don't tend to like doing that. Just being like, oh, if like, if it's not in the zeitgeist, people aren't talking about it. Maybe it's, maybe it's unworthy of, of, of watching or discussion. But I, I was, it was just, I, I, you know, Mary Beth saying like the 10 out of 10 when the tax guy starts getting it. I was, that's how I was <laughs> for like most of this movie. I was like, Oh boy! Like I was just very surprised by it. I think I when he was yeah. holding her when he was okay. I will say this is when it got me when he was holding her his wife in his fantasy, holding his wife's head down on the pool boy, saying, "Show him your teeth, show him your beautiful yes! teeth." I was like, <laughs> "Look, this is fucked up and incredibly abusive." But the fact that this movie in 1996 is going there, I greatly appreciate it, and I am on board for whatever this fucking weird movie is about to give me because this is not even remotely it. So I appreciate yeah. that because I really was quite surprised. <laughs> I Most was of the not step ready of for the that. way in this movie, and I was I, <laughs> I love when movies do that. I love it. It's yeah. a great time, and I was smiling, which is weird to say about this movie. But I was like, yeah, "All right, yeah. we get the incredible like the incredible like gun over the over the fireplace, like the Chekhov's gun of like of the girl with the braces that keeps not." Get, keeps getting delayed. People keep skipping her in line, and she like comes two days in a row. She's so excited <laughs> to get her braces she off. Her and you're like, no, kid, for her bra- no, don't <laughs> get your braces off. Don't do it. He's like the bad dentist. I love that you like you almost play that through the whole movie. Like I like that's genius to me. I, uh, that's so funny. Um, We're watching yeah, her become just, the yeah. final girl without being realizing she's going to be the fi- like the weird like <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's final just girl kind of like of the yeah. dentist. And you're like, this is ri- ridiculous. And like. The liminal space hell of sitting in a dentist waiting room for days on end of a, of a waiting room getting hit on by mark ruffalo like it's like this <laughs> it's this yeah it's like this it does so many things it replicates so many things about the dentist experience that aren't just like dentistry the idea of like you said liminal space it's almost like the dmv 
and you're like you're like I guess the front desk ladies are kind of nice like uh, but I don't want to have to spend all day here like it does so many things that like are like realistic and I think there's this is there's no like this is a kind of indelicate transition but this idea of like the 90s and what this represents I think his his like his kind of weird take on like dentistry and how he wants to improve dentistry is kind of interesting because it lines up so well with like 90s aesthetics and what yep. the 90s were about this idea of like Ooh. themed restaurants and going big and, and everything's like new and we're, we're pushing boundaries out of you know we're leaving like the opulence of the 80s and moving towards a almost like more holistic self-helpy version of like of 90s understanding and of, of a certain 90s enlightenment which i think this movie calls bullshit on fairly you know directly but like he has like themed dentist rooms. He has like yep. one is oh, like yeah. a concert hall, and one is like a rainforest. Like the what cute little heaven? kids in the rainforest. Yeah, one's welcome heaven. to heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like you go in, and it's all this like it's all decorated from like the nature store, and there's like the the CD my changer that the was like yeah. that. Yep. I remember my yeah, orthodontist I, 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 having I mean, themed yeah. rooms. I do yeah. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. play the rainforest sounds for you. Or? They did not play the rainforest sounds. They did not do that. No. When I had braces, my order that was just one big line of chairs. It was like out in the open. It was not individual rooms. So they it was had like that. big, like six they had chairs. Some yeah. individual rooms when you had to do more work, but it wasn't just a yeah. checkup. It was the chair. It was like the chairs. Okay. So yeah. it was, I had a, a hybrid dentist experience. Okay. <laughs> hybrid orthodontist dentist. I just remember experience. being like like factory farmed at the, you know, at the. Oh, yeah. Change <laughs> the those out. What color yeah, do you yeah. want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember as a kid, like the the flavored um, stuff they would use to polish your tooth? What kind of flavor oh, do you want? Yeah. Did you ever have? That? Yeah. Oh, I fucking hated that shit. I didn't even care. I I did grape once and almost vomited, and I was like, I don't want it anymore. This is the worst flavor. Yeah, no, fucking hate the dentist. It's the texture of it. It's the grit. Yeah, it's the like grit. I don't care that yeah. it's bubble gum it's if you're grit. like if you're sanding my teeth off. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just before we wrap up. Sorry. Well, I, I wanted to say that um, I, I love the the two dental assistants. And I was so sad of anyone in the movie. I was so sad that they died because they were Karen, played by Patty Toy, loved her. And Jessica, yeah. so good. And so it really made me sad when they got killed. But like, I, I, I was I did not go into this expecting to actually care about some of the characters. And yet here I am with Karen and Jessica in particular, just like. I want them to survive. I want them and they to do live. their jobs great, and they're like they they seem like like really empathic people. They do like they're and they do everything right. Like when things start to go a little off the rails, it's not just one of those like oh you know, Doctor F- uh, Feinstone's having a crazy day. They like investigate it and press and like and try to do the right thing, which I think is 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 just very different than a lot of characters you would get. I feel like in a in a film yeah. of this time of this budget, yeah. like you wouldn't. There's a there's a little bit more. Um, humaneness to it even though like these characters like it's you know it's got sad deaths in it and it's got like yeah you know kids in peril and it's like very but it's very almost responsible in the way it does it's like misanthropy you know if it makes sense yeah. if that yeah. makes sense to me yeah. um but before we wrap up just adam when you were talking about the 90s aesthetic and tech it made me think of dead ringers the, the david cronenberg movie and how weirdly dead ringers might be an interesting double feature with the dentist because i mean Ooh. like it does feature like a medical yeah. professional kind of slowly losing his mind and oh, yeah. perfecting medical equipment and using the medical equipment and kind of going on a rampage. And I'm like, huh, that's the weirdest double feature, but it kind yeah. of works though. Like it does kind of work. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. very different visually and tonally, but also thematically, like not too different. Have you watched Shedbringers yet, Terry? Yes, I have finally okay, watched that. Have. In fact, weirdly enough, the episode came out today that, that oh. I recorded with Joe. So it's out there as of today. <laughs> um, but is that, is that, yeah, is it like almost being on the pioneering edge and what that does yeah. to, you know, like, I think like, Jeremy Irons is a little bit more of a complex, you know, character in, in, in you know, characters in that. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think there is something to that. And there is, you know, there's the you know, gynecology dentist is this idea of just like ultimate bearing of yourself and, unc- yeah. and, and yeah, and, and, and something that's doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem like there should be a person doing that to like, even if it's on in the, in the, in the, under the auspices of medicine, like just teeth stuff is just. It's just very violating. Yeah, yeah. Like they have, like yeah, he has yeah. him like putting his finger in her mouth and like, it's just like, again, like, sorry to be like, like yeah. orifice is being violated in both yeah. movies. Yeah. Like that made me so uncomfortable. I was like, Oh, I don't want to ever be 
unconscious at a at a hospital now. This is why I typically go with uh, female doctors now as an adult woman. <laughs> I will say that um, this movie sent me on a rabbit hole, as sometimes happens, about like, has there been any serial killer dentists? And I did uh, find the weird story of Glennon Engelman, who was an American dentist. Sounds like a serial killer. A contract killer and a serial killer. Oh. One Ooh. of his people that he that he killed was in a car bomb. Where where uh, where was this? This was he it was, was from the St. Louis, and okay. he planned and carried out at least five murders for monetary gain over the course of thirty years. He was already serving two life sentences in a Missouri state prison when he pled guilty to the murder of a man and his wealthy parents in a separate contract killing that occurred in Illinois. Rookie real numbers, hitmen though. are rare. Real, real real hitmen are like are way rarer than like serial killers. It's like a He's 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 a little bit of a unicorn there. Yeah, and they they put him his his death toll <laughs> between five to seven plus question mark. Wow, because he could have been it's more. The exact number is not is not known, and the methods he used to kill his victims included shooting, bludgeoning with a sledgehammer, and explosives. Sledgehammer? This guy's come on, Get, come on, dude. Wow. He should, yeah. he should have watched. Bludgeoning he should have, should have been around to watch Corbin Bernstein work. Yeah, and exactly. Sledgehammer. Wow, a sledgehammer. sledgehammer. That's I mean, no dental records after that shit. You're getting your head smashed in. Um, on that note, uh, Terry, do we ready to wrap up and give us a rating out of five? Adam's going to get you good. out of here for bedtime. Uh, so, Terry, how many destroyed teeth, speaking of dental records, out of five do you give the dentist? You know, it's weird. I When we were set, and I sat down to watch this, I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. But by the end of it, I had come around to it. To the point that my roommate was like, so when are we going to watch The Dentist 2? And so I think we're going to watch that this, this yeah. coming weekend. So, um, <laughs> so that is that is my journey with this movie. Um, it is It has a weird pacing, a weird feel to it. I can definitely tell that things were changed from probably the original script. And I am curious to see what it would have felt like as like a single day of this man going on like a rampage vice, the kind of break that it has. Really weird. Some really good effects, particularly for, a, I believe this was made for HBO streaming. So it was like initially like that was the not even streaming. What am I talking about? HBO yeah. television. <laughs> like wrong. <laughs> I'm streaming on the brain. But um so I this this movie is weird. I love Brian Usna. I love everyone involved. I had a good time with it. I'm gonna give it three I'm gonna give it three destroyed teeth out of five personally. What about you, Mary Beth? So I have a, a similar journey in terms of emotionally being like I have no expectations, but I'm ready for it to be fun. And then being like <laughs> Oh my god, like this is kind of fucked up. Um I found myself quite fascinated with how shitty this character is and how they really don't give him any redeemable qualities or not trying to make him some kind of anti-hero. It's like yeah. I got very like Patrick Bateman American psycho vibes, but if he was a dentist and didn't work in banking and like didn't do a lot of coke. Um so it was just like a, it's fat. It was, it was much more fascinating than I expected. And I actually only needed three and a half Ooh, okay. destroyed teeth, I think. But Adam, you the final word. I'll be, the, I'll be the, teeth? I'll be the, I'll be the, the full, I, I'm also like, I'm a, a lot easier on my scales than, 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 than you two seem to be. But I, I'll go, I'll go four and a half destroyed teeth because I really want to wow, be the ultimate dentist hell defender. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. I really, I really, really I love it. it. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a great time and I'm glad we got to, talk about it right after because i rarely i I like watch movies i like text my buddy like that was pretty good and that was like that'll be the end of it but i'm glad we got to have a discussion about it and i'm sorry i had to use subterfuge sorry i had to lie to you guys no it's okay we still got to talk talk about it so that's totally fine you're gonna have to make me a promise though when when because i think you said that the guyver is supposed to be coming out on blu-ray later this year i think unearthed is putting it out yeah unearthed put out a, a, a 4k like a finally a domestic Blu-ray, yeah. So I, I'm going to need you to come back and talk about that one, maybe oh, to yeah, promote yeah, 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 yeah. Cornfield yeah, Three. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, maybe have a little perfect. more time. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be perfect timing. I'm going to need to have you come if, back if, if, if you if you don't lose like a bunch of subscribers from this episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, for Hell sure. Yeah. No, because I, I I just the guy was so interesting because it's based on a manga and that, that was an anime. Oh, I know. Like, and it got me. So it sent excited. me down a bunch of different paths kind of in my life and in my fandom i think like because because of you know the usenness and the screaming mad george-ness and like and the and the you know martial arts it's just like a lot of things that i like that i still like later in life that i was exposed to just like as like a six-year-old like that all kind of follow through so i think it's very interesting movie to talk about in that context and it's, it's so when good it is i out. like it a lot when yeah. it is out yeah 
Need when to it, have when you, come you guys back. can get it, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be, I'll be right back in this chair. Yep. Because I was so excited when she said it was directed by Scream Mad George. Like I'm, I'm it's on co-directed. Board. I forget the, I forget the co-director's name. Uh, Steve Wang. Feel, or, Steve Wang. Yeah. It, it, so it's, it's a co-directed thing with uh, Scream Mad George, and there's just, just effects out the wazoo. It's got like a lot of cool puppet effects, a lot of cool suit effects. Um, like it's got stop motion animation in the transformation scenes. It's really cool. It's got Mark Hamill. It's great. It's really, it's really a fun movie. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't, there's like a weird amount of watching it now is I've, I've seen it as an adult and there's like a weird amount of like uh comic relief that like probably doesn't, doesn't work as well if you're not six, like, but <laughs> everything else about it is still like, it holds up perfect and it's still badass. But like, there's, um, there's this weird mix of like Brian using his kid's movie is what this feels like in a certain, oh. in a certain way. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, so excited. So, yeah, I'd lo- I'll, I'd love to come back and talk to you. Awesome. Talk to you about that. But well, thank you so much, Adam, for coming on and and, and finally getting us to watch thank the you dentist, for and me. finally you watching the dentist. No, I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> I just want to say that I made it this this far without without singing "He'll Be a Dentist" because like that was in my mind the entire <laughs> oh, yeah. time I was watching this movie. He has a so, knack for causing great pain. Yeah, he exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank spit. you so much, Adam. Yeah. Where where can the listeners right. find you and the floor? yours to plug away whatever you can talk about where can they escape me um there's no <laughs> way you can't find me um i'm on t- i'm on tiktok which i'm 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 getting real good at watch out you are watch out, i'm world. enjoying your tiktok oh, thank stuff you. hey um yeah i'm on instagram twitter um everywhere and if you just type my name into amazon all my books come up uh as terry mentioned if you want signed books i have links on my website a, a local bookstore the children's book world, which is so weird, going into a a children's store with like Babar like <laughs> painted on the side and like being like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go sign these books where a girl gets beheaded and then kicks her own head as her body runs. Uh. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Very Hell metal. Yeah. A very metal. Very metal children's bookstore, um, but they'll yeah. they'll ship you if you're in the U.S. They'll ship you signed copies. Um, and, li- and listeners, I will put the link to that directly in the show notes so you can oh, go click awesome. and, and Thank order. You. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, all right, listeners, you've heard from us. You want to hear from you. What was your experience with the dentist? You can let us know by sending us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on social media. I am at MB McAndrew on Twitter. That's my name. Drews, not without a double with S. Jesus Christ. Have <laughs> you been a week? Um, and it's only yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, and then Instagram at mb.mcandrews. It's Tuesday. Oh my god, I thought it was Wednesday. All <laughs> well, right. I mean, it's Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> 30 um, rounds. <laughs> um, and, and I'm at Gaily Dreadful everywhere. Then uh, don't forget to follow the podcast on social media, um, at Scarred Podcast on Twitter and Blue Sky, and at Scarred for Life Podcast on Instagram. See, I can do that one, just not my own name. <laughs> and uh, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And if you want to help support us, we do have a Patreon. <gasps> we sure do. Uh, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. <laughs>